This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. Hi there, this is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I am so honoured and thrilled to be joined by a fellow podcaster actually and this individual is somebody that I have been watching from across the pond. This is Adam Posner and he is the host of the podcast. He's also founder of NHP Talent Group a mentor and basically a top global voice and I am so excited to listen to what he's going to share with our audience today who are right across the world. Welcome to you today Adam, how are you? I'm doing great Alicia, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to join you and uh, really excited to meet your audience, pleasure. Definitely, we can't wait for our audience to get to know you. So for those who are not yet following you, which I can't believe that there's anyone not following you, but if they're not, who are you and what do you do? Absolutely. So uh, first of all, pleasure. Um, Again, thank you so much for having me on the show. My name is Adam Posner. I am a recruiter by trade, a connector. I, 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 that's what I do. That's my superpower, whether it be for personal, whether it be for business. When I see two people, two opportunities, two things that need to be connected, that's what I do best. Um, I recruit in the marketing, media, advertising, ad tech, and martech world here in the States. And I'm also the host of the podcast, Top Global Career Podcast, where I unpack my guest career journeys and bring out all the learnings from within. Absolutely lovely. And whereabouts are you based in the state? I am in New York, wow. New York City, New York. And we were just talking off camera that Adam is having his first foray to the UK in uh, July 2022 which is very exciting. We'll be delighted to welcome you to Rapfest, apparently. That's uh, very exciting. If anyone's going to this, and as you're listening to this, then please do. Please find me. Find me, find me, find me. Let's have a let's have a beer. I go I go way back with my 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 connection with the with the UK. I um back in my days when I was a camper at a sleepaway camp in in upstate New York, they used to bring over a ton of foreign staff, and I used to just be enamorated with with the British accent and learning all about their culture. I mean, I was a little nine ten year old boy, and I was just fascinated that somebody spoke the same language as me, but they spoke a little bit differently. And I just grew a great um, affection um, uh, to the British culture. And I'm really excited. I can't believe it's taken me 43 years to get there. But yeah, July 7th, I'll be um, hosting a stage over at Wreckfest. You're going to have your first ever proper British cup of tea. Yes, I, 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 I like tea. I have tea usually once a day. But I'm a green tea fan. Is that okay? Or is that, is that counterculture? No, it's, well, no, I don't, I don't like green tea personally. I'm a coffee I'm girl. fine with black tea. My, my, I like chamomile at night. I mean, it smells nice at night time. Well, it's very, it's going to be a real pleasure to uh, get to know you much better. Now, the one of the main reasons I wanted to invite you on is to, I guess, pick your brains. Because for me, when sure. I, do, I do my podcast, everybody knows that I, I record once a month, one day where I just lick all my guests. And I feel like you take- That's insanity. It is insanity, but you know- That's insanity. Right. Whatever works for you though. It is. It definitely works for me. But I feel like you said superpower. For me, the amazing benefit that I get of listening to all these great thought leaders is that I feel like I'm learning so much. I'm a sponge on this day. And I can then use that all month to then hopefully inspire and educate my I audience. Dig it. 
more. And you're in the same position. So tell us about the podcast, what sort of people you do invite on, and then what your, I guess, if you can plagiarize what they've taught you, what are some of the best learns that you've had so far that, that spring to mind? We briefly interrupt this chat on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, the recruitment operating system. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Yeah, it's interesting. So a little back history. So I'm, I'm actually approaching my three-year anniversary on February 19th. Not sure when this show is going to come out, but I, I started the show with a, an itch that I needed to scratch. I was listening to a bunch of podcasts and there was nothing really great in the recruiting, hiring space, HR space. I mean, there was a couple of shows out there, but they were kind of dry. And I knew that I had this passion inside that needed to come out. So I just went for it and I recorded my first interview on, on Zoom. I was in a conference room in an office space I was renting and it was okay. It wasn't anything crazy, but I said to my friend afterwards, after listening back to it, I said to him, you know, this is actually pretty good. Wouldn't it be great if I was able to go into my vast Rolodex, my vast network, and which I have from my, my years of, of working in marketing, media and advertising, and just bring out thought leaders and reach out to amazing people that I know. And what if I brought people on board who I used to work with that maybe actually fired me or was not a great boss or something. And that's what I started to do and share those stories. And looking back on it three years, you know, I've recorded, you know, 210 episodes. Um, it's been an amazing journey, but the whole purpose of the podcast is to, it's, it's my canvas, just like you, it's my canvas to shine a light on others. And as a result of that, that light reflects back on me. And what I do is I unpack my guest career journeys and I bring out all the wisdom within. So the show started out really focusing on talent, HR, hiring, and then I started to interject some more interesting life stories, life journeys, entrepreneurial journeys. And that's when the show really took off because I diversified the guest list. I still always focus. For example, if I was talking to an entrepreneur who built a business, I would always bring it back at some point in the show to talk to them about hiring, culture, how do they interview, how do they build teams? So it would always tie back into that. And I found my, I found my art. I really did. I found, you know, listen, I can't draw, I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't act. But I'm a damn good host. And I found that by doing the podcast and it brought out an entirely new passion. And the other piece, I know I'm rambling a moment here. The other piece is it turned into a business development tool where I was able to use a show to reach out to decision makers at companies that I want to work with and invite them onto the show. And it was insanely easier to gain new business versus cold calling and emailing. And it established me as a thought leader in the industry and giving me opportunities to, to connect and be a guest on amazing shows like yours. Oh, that's very fun. I like the smooth way you just did that at the end. I like the way that you talk about connection. Yeah, that's that's comes with experience. Yeah, it no, I'm smooth. Apparently, I'm quite good for the same reason. Bitch, Nancy, but you know, that's just me. Cheap bitchy. <laughs> um, I think it's really important. You've made some really important points there. And I think, you know, it is an honor and privilege to 
sort of pick people's brains and to understand you know what has made them successful in their careers and I think what's happened over the last certainly the last two years or so is that the human story of how somebody's become successful has become much more palatable and much more accessible and actually that's what we want to know how did you become successful what challenges did you face and I think that that's a brilliant way to elevate the guests you have on and why they want to come on your show because they're given the forum to 100%. do without a shoulder people don't just want to know facts. yeah and it's also Right. It's exactly too. And I think for any podcaster out there, it's about finding a unique angle to your show. How is your show going to be different? Um, and I always say too, when there, there's guests that ask me for questions in advance and I say, I, I don't do that. I'm not going to give you the questions in advance because I want it to be an organic conversation yeah. and I want to throw curveballs. I want to ask interesting questions. And I also want to give the show the ability to go in a direction based on the conversation. And I've done that many, many times where I do a ton of research and any good host will do a ton of research. And I have a list of questions, bullet points, areas that I want to go. But if I start having a, a conversation with a guest and it starts to go down a rabbit hole of something completely entertaining, educational, and fascinating, damn, we're going in that direction. And I love it. And that's when the show really takes off. But that's because you're using your interviewing experience. And let's face it, you've probably been sat with a CEO or candidate even where you thought you could have asked one thing. And then actually, like 100%. you say, that's a sign of a good listener. You've gone, hang on a second. <laughs> let's go down there. Let's go down that route. And I think that's where, you know, I have not ever sat down and gone, right, what's the strategy for the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast? For me, it's just... Mm -hmm. We, we give an overview of what we're going to talk about, but somebody like yourself exactly. rather kind of go with the flow. We will still learn something. So let me bring it back to that. Of question. course. So if you think about, sure. you don't have to name names, mm -hmm. you can do, we can tag them on our show. What has, when you've come off a, a show that you've recorded, when you've sat there and thought that was a game changing thing to learn, ah. are, are there any, there might just be one example, but are there anything specific that you've learned from your guests? I mean, I think I think there's been just a great cross section of of learning. I mean, I said this before. I mean, this podcast is my masterclass. I've literally built my own masterclass where I have guests on that I just want to learn from. For example, I had uh, Bracken Darrell on uh, a couple months back. He's the CEO of Logitech, and he talked about some of his early lessons. And, and I'm sorry, I'm it's still early in the morning here in New York. Um, my coffee hasn't kicked in, but you know, there there's so many lessons from senior executives. I mean, he's a C level Fortune 500. You know. CEO and like how to get there what were the stumbling blocks and we really dug into that too but the real the real interesting life lessons for me are when I'm talking to an entrepreneur or I'm talking for example I've had a couple of um, military veterans on and hearing about their journeys I had Staff Sergeant Travis Mills he's one of the few handful of quadruple amputees to survive battle injuries and it wasn't so much specific learnings, but it was being able to be in his presence and feel his positivity. Yeah. Or my buddy, my buddy Amika, yeah, my buddy Amika, who 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 suffered a, a football injury and has been paralyzed uh, for for about eight and nine years, and 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 learning his journey and his struggles, because you see the positivity on the outside, but they don't really talk too much about the darkness when they're off camera, yeah. when they're home by themselves, yeah. when they're questioning life. That's the good stuff. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, and I think that's probably why you have transformed what was possibly something that could have gone which, whichever way three years ago. And that you are now without a shadow of a doubt, a global thought leader yourself as a podcast host, which is which is what's so tremendous about it. I think that's that's really interesting because the space you're in, the fact that you are in marketing, you are in sales and you're in digital, 
do you feel that there has been a real kind of collision for recruiters? If you think about, I mean, how long have you been in recruitment for, Adam? About seven years. Right, okay. So, I mean, you probably came into it as it was starting to become, you know, you weren't just a recruiter just selling anymore. You had to think about your digital brand, no. your content. So this, it's so important to, to embrace, but you're in a position to learn from these amazing CEOs as well. It's, it's amazing. And there, I, I consider myself a recruiter. I am a recruiter. Oh. I am, I am a hybrid. And the reason, and the reason I think that I've had such success as a recruiter is because a couple things. I came into recruiting seven years ago from working 15 years in the industry in advertising and marketing. So I didn't need to learn the industry. So when I got on with clients, when I got on with candidates, I was able to talk the talk. I was able to have a proper interview with a candidate and know what the heck I'm talking about because I've been in those roles before. When I got on the call with clients, I'm able to talk shop with them and really understand the market. What I did have to learn was how to be a recruiter. I needed to learn the art and science of recruiting. And anybody who's out there, it's one of those things here in the States, and I'm sure it is in, in, in the UK and Europe too. Everyone thinks that they could be a real estate agent, right? Oh, I could sell a house. I've bought a house before. I've done construction. I'm qualified to be a real estate agent, but they have no clue about mortgages, legal, banking, all that stuff, inspections, all those things that go into selling a house. The same thing with recruiting. Oh, oh, it's easy. That company has an open job. I'm going to go on LinkedIn. I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to get them to sit in that seat and I'm going to get my 25% commission. That's not how it works. We both know that. Absolutely. There's, There's a lot of steps in between that. So I think it's also an educational piece that I use my show to show people all those steps that are involved. Um, I'm actually trying to make a conscious effort to book a couple of guests this year that are pure recruiters and leaders in the recruitment space and get back to a couple of shows that are really technically recruiting and really get into the nuts and bolts of it because I think I've lost that a little bit. And it's not it's not at fault because that's just where the show has gone into a more edutainment line. But I think I need to I need I owe it to myself and I owe it to my audience to do a couple of shows on on recruiting. Recruiting as well. I mean it's interesting, isn't it? Because basically what you've said there is that you're the educator for your market. And and I think it's interesting because I don't know whether this is a thing over there, but certainly mm. in the UK, we still talk I've talked about it today with my other guests. A lot of people fall into recruitment. Oh yeah. From industry, you know, it's, you catch know, all. It, it's just the way it is. We're the misfits, Leisha, we're the misfits. You know, I just, I, gift of the gab, you know, it was, I was born with a phone attached to my ear. That's what everyone used to say. So you've literally got them attached to your ear. Um, no, I think it's, yeah, really, it, it's insightful, isn't it? Because ultimately what you are able to do, you know, these, these are people that are inspiring and that what they've achieved, they know this market inside out, but not all the best decision makers know how to recruit. They don't know how to attract talent. They we're talent short across every single sphere. So oh yeah. I do, you, you know, you in your position as a recruiter, but also as a recruitment host as well. So where do you think the market's gonna go? I mean, obviously there's a lot around audio. There's a lot around, you know, people having their own podcasts, people having events again, now that we can get mm -hmm. out. Where do you think, if you were a recruiter now starting out trying to build your brand, what would you do? Okay. So I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company, Hoxo Media, are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. 
and they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. I would listen. I would go on a listening tour. I would try to listen as much as possible. But I think what it really comes down to is what you mentioned before is, is building your brand and your presence. Now, there's a ton of recruiters out there that are top billers that you'll never see them post on LinkedIn. But the reason is, is because they've built up a niche specialty where they're known in their market. Yeah. They know they're, they're fishing in the same pond. They're highly specialized and they don't need to. Me, I'm a more generally broad marketing recruiter. I, cross, I, I recruit across a number of disciplines within it. So it's important. So how do you establish yourself as a thought leader? I think it's important, first and foremost, A, you can never call yourself a thought leader, but you could establish thought leadership. And I do that by inviting guests on who are actual experts and I listen and I ask them the right questions and I regurgitate it back to them to make sure there's clarity there, to make sure that we're understanding it. I think another big piece that I do on my show is I talk about the career journey and the lessons within to help the job seekers. So I'm really trying to give a broad swatch of, swatch of, uh, of, of information there. And I think for any recruiter out there, the question is, how, how do you build that personal brand? Start off small. You could interview somebody on a quick little video chat. It doesn't have to be this fancy set and this whole setup. Record little tidbits. Um, do a blog post, you know? Post yeah. a LinkedIn article, uh, you know, put out an email blast. I mean, there's a million things that you could do there to show thought leadership. And it starts with a simple post. Give your point of view. On, see, like the easiest trick that I tell anybody out there for thought leadership, go on LinkedIn, look on the right side, the right rail, there's a news column. Yeah. I could guarantee you that at least half of those are related to something that you could speak of. And you may not have to be an expert, but you could have a point of view on it yeah. and explain your positioning. Yeah. That'll start an engagement thread. That'll start comments on there. And just have a smart, educated conversation. And that's how you build your brand up. Yeah, definitely. I, th I think commenting on a post like that is actually your hidden toolkit to Always. your brand elevate amongst the, your target audience. If you're not sure what content to share, just go and do listen to what Adam said, because actually it's so simple. And some of the best hard. engagement I've had is not a post I've shared. It's a post I've commented on or mm -hmm. it's that's been shared by somebody else. So I think that's really insightful. Do you have any so pet names? Are there any things where you just totally switched off where you unfollow somebody or dare I say it, disconnect from somebody on LinkedIn? What have been your pet hates? Yeah, absolutely. So um, um, my biggest thing on LinkedIn are when non-experts in our space, people who don't work in the recruitment space mm -hmm. are giving advice. And let me caveat this. Okay. You could you you don't have to work in this space to give advice in your point of view as a job seeker. That's fine. 
But if you're not an expert in this space and you're talking about an ATS system or you're talking about the ins and outs of the recruitment process with the intention of drawing somebody in for a business reason, it could be a course, it could be something monetarily gained for you. That's when I have a problem. Yeah. It's about the intention. It's about your how. That's when I disconnect from people on LinkedIn. Um, you know, obviously, if anybody is, you know, insulting, derogatory, racist, sexist, misogynist, any of those things, you're, 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 you're out of my, I don't need that in my feed. I don't need that cluttering it up there. Um, I mean, those are the basics. Yeah, no, right? I, I think that's really important. And actually, I don't know if you follow a guy called Stephen Bartlett. He's the, he's the new dragon on Dragons in the UK. And he's the CEO, founder of Social Chain. He's prolific over here. He's an amazing guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen Bartlett. Okay. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and, he, and he shares a lot of thought leadership around mindset, well-being. Mm -hmm. And one of the key things that's coming out from his, I guess, his vibe at the moment is that we need to now all put a line in the sand and stop following people that make us feel negative, make us feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. share misogynistic, racist, inappropriate things. With time, you don't need to bite back at these people. Just remove them. Because just get are, rid of them. You are what you consume, and that includes your social media. Yeah, just cut them out. Cut out, cut out, cut out the negativity. I mean, I also believe in. I, I'm. I don't feel toxic positivity. You know, the people that make up stories, the people that virtual virtual signaling. Oh. Um, it's not an it's not an immediate disconnect, but it, if it happens in a pattern and it happens a lot, listen, mm -hmm. we're all. There's a fine line. It's really hard to do between being proud and humble bragging. Yeah. There's a fine, there's a fine line right. because we are proud. We are proud of our accomplishments and don't get me wrong. Let's be honest. If you're posting on social media, you have an attention, you have an intention for attention. Of course you are. I'm not just posting so I could read it. I want other people to read it. So let's not lie about that. Let's not sugarcoat <laughs> it. I totally agree with you, but I agree with you about the virtue signaling. And I think there comes a point where you just have to decide whether this is what you want to, uh, what, what the sort of people you own your feed, remove it. You want to have on your feet and definitely remove it. Uh, did you use Clubhouse? What are your thoughts on all? I did for I did for I did for a hot minute. You know, I jumped on it and I thought it was pretty cool for about the first week. And then what happened was there was an oversaturation of the same people that just continued to talk about themselves to themselves. And I was like, I was like, this is just uh, an echo chamber. I'm like, this is just ridiculous. So self-serving. And listen, I can't fault anybody for trying to drive business. Yeah, Everyone's got to make a living. Everyone's trying to sell something, but it's, again, it goes back to your how I don't need to sit there and hear your sales pitch. No. And I don't have that many hours in a day. I mean, I have a business to run like you do, you know, I'm just not interested. No, definitely. And you've got children to look after and everything else. Um, what about LinkedIn audio then? Have you trialed that yet? Do you think that'll take? No, no, I, I have access to it. I've not done it yet. I had a pretty crazy January. Um, it's on the docket, but for me, it's actually the same thing as clubhouse. Yeah. And for me, I'm going to be like pretty technical on this. I see the value in it, but if I can't record it and repurpose the content, I'm not really interested. That was my problem with Clubhouse, because at one point I did actually have a room, a weekly room with mm -hmm. quite a lot of people on there because we were having weekly guests on. It was very hard to ma manage it into my week, but I did. That oh, was terrible. And it was, it was, uh, but, I, but I agree with you. I much prefer having, if I'm going to give my time and use my time to create content, I want to be able to share it whenever I want to share it and listen to it whenever I want yeah. to listen to it. That's yeah. my with it too so and you were able you're able if you had the right equipment you could record a, a clubhouse but it was very technical and it was a pain in the ass and i didn't i didn't some failed abysmally on behalf of a massive group that we, we did it for international women's day there were about six Next. of and it was this gorgeous hour where we'd all we, we'd between us all shared mm. a snippet of something and i was meant to record it and i got it wrong and so we didn't ever have it to share with anyone i mean that's that was the whole thing i mean i i i understand the ephemeral marketing if you look at like tiktok and snapchat and you know, yeah. these things that kind of go away. But aside from that, you know, 
Mm. I don't, I don't need to. No, definitely not. Well, look, it's been really insightful and I know how busy you are. And to join us at the start of your working day, when you've probably got a million things to do and you've probably not had enough coffee yet, but you'll enjoy the British tea when you come over here in July. Can't wait. And I'm sure that you'll get a very warm welcome. And it's been really lovely to get to know you today, Adam. Thank you for joining me on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Likewise, thank you so much for having me and a pleasure for your audience out there. Please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and check out thepodcast.com. Oh, we will do. We'll make sure all the details are on there. Thank you so much, Adam.